Yanni. Good afternoon. America, this is Rudy Giuliani, and I'm coming to you today from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm at, I would, I would call this Huckabee Village. Uh, this is where Mike uh, does his television show every week. There's a lovely um, kind of a pre-war type theater that they rebuilt where he does the show, which is mostly a talk show, you know, but he does some, does some country and western and other kinds of music. And uh, tonight he and I are going to have a discussion on a show, which I think is broadcast tomorrow night, so you don't get confused. And it's interesting, you know, I became a good friend of Mike's running against him for president. I ran against him for a year, just about. We did probably 10 or 11 debates against each other with a, with a revolving cast of characters, John McCain being the principal one. Eventually, John won that primary, and then a whole group of others. But uh, for some reason, we just sort of took to each other. And I'll tell you what the reason is. I'm going to tell you exactly my reason. Guy is so honest. He's an honest guy. Plus, he's got an unbelievable sense of humor. So one time, when he wasn't doing too well in the polls, and every, all of us went through that, one one point, John McCain almost dropped out. Um, one point, we wasn't doing, there, there were kind of newspaper articles that he might drop out. So after the debate, I went up to him and I said, Mike, you can't drop out. you got to stay in. So he looked at me and says, Am I that easy a candidate to beat? You want me to stay in? I said, no, no, just the opposite. You're going to be very hard to beat. But I want you to stay in. He said, why? He said, because if you don't stay in, I'm going to start falling asleep during the debates. This, this is getting so boring, and you are so funny. And it's true. Listen to Huckabee, you know, when he's on Fox. He never does one. He, he could be do, doing one about war and peace, and he's got some kind of a crazy joke that he tells that's hilarious, hilarious. Great sense of humor. So I'm, this is an interview I'm looking forward to because it'll be it'll have some wisdom in it because he's a wise man and it'll have some humor in it and it'll have some perspective in it. And it's quite, a, quite, a, quite an operation that they have here. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today. And you stay, you know, stay with us right here because I'll be uh, bringing you uh, the mayor's thoughts toward the end of the show. That's when I do uh, mayor's final thoughts, which I develop during the show. Based on what we're what we're talking about and what what seems to be you know the biggest the biggest problem, and I'll be taking calls on one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. So let's start with um, let's start with forty years, maybe fifty years of Democrat control of American cities. These are the cities that are exploding now. These are the cities, I'm not saying the crime increase is only there, but you have to admit these are the cities where the crime has gone to such a level that it's truly frightening. When you look at a city like Philadelphia, you know, one of our first cities, New York, Philadelphia, Boston, and last year it set a record after being there since the colonial days for the most murders ever. When you consider that the city has a population of about a million people, they had something like 780 or 790 murders, and New York has a population of 
8.6, 8.7 million. And we had almost 600 murders, 500 murders, rather, almost 500 murders. And that was our worst year in, in 15 or 10. That was a bad year for us. But <laughs> we're eight times bigger. So you want to do the per person rate? They have an eight times, you, you have an eight times greater chance of being shot and killed in uh, Philadelphia than you do New York. Most people don't know that, but the people of Philadelphia are getting to realize it. I could do that analysis for you with Chicago, which is worse. It's even a greater percentage uh, issue in Chicago. I could do that for you in St. Louis. I can now do it for you in Los Angeles with the DA who's being uh, thrown out. Uh, I can show you from the record of the DA in Los Angeles, who basically is Alvin Bragg a year ago. He put out a manifesto just like Alvin Bragg. Nobody paid attention to it differently than here. And now all those things are happening. L.A., one of the biggest years for murder. L.A., crime all over the city. L.A., no longer crime in just the poor neighborhoods, but it's major crime wave in Beverly Hills, as my podcast last week pointed out, rudyscommonsense.com. And I, 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 bring, I, I brought that to you not to, for you to feel sorry for the poor, uh, for, for, for the rich people, rather. And, and, you know, and you can feel sorry for the rich people. There's nothing wrong with rich people. I mean, it's ridiculous how we get into this class warfare like we're communists. But in any event, the reason I brought it to you is crime is permeating. Uh, remember, during the, remember during the 2020 uh, riots, the Antifa, George Soros-sponsored riots of 2020, and they started something they did differently? You, you may not be a student of riots the way I had to become, but... All of a sudden, they were coming up Madison Avenue and Fifth Avenue, and they, they never did Madison Avenue and Fifth Avenue before, and they didn't make it uh, uh, obscure. Their leaders, like Hawk Newsom, and they were saying, "We're going to hit the rich, you know, we're going to we're going to hit them where it hurts," and they're hitting the suburbs. And th- this crime is permeating. It, there may not be as many crimes. But they are much more diffuse. In other words, they're hitting the rich and the middle class and the children. Look at all the children that have been hurt. Look at all the old people that have been hurt. This isn't crime just among drug dealers. They're coming after you. This is crime that's organized by a political group known as Antifa, known as Black Lives Matter, known as George Soros, who sponsors it. George Soros is paying for the criminals, and he's paying for their prosecutors. That's a neat trick, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I go do a, I go do a uh, riot for George, and then I end up in Chicago, and uh, the, the, the prosecutor has, you know, gotten about four or five million from George, and she lets me go. Or we can do it with, we could do it with Kim, what is it, is it Kim, Kim Gardner in, um, in St. Louis, who's going to be going on trial for all the time she lied and trying to frame Eric Greitens, by the way, a guy that should be elected in, and will be, I think, in St. Louis. Uh, but they tried to frame him three times over. He was able to prove his innocence. The FBI agent involved in that investigation is going on trial in about two weeks for fraud. Also, I'm sick over China. I am sick. I cannot, I cannot watch Americans sell out to China. I can't watch it. I looked at Nancy Pelosi, and uh, it's too bad we're not on television, because I swear to God, she looks like she's 
I don't. I just probably shouldn't say it. She she looks like she lost some of those body parts that she had transposed to her face. Let's put it that way. So let's go to cut eight and listen to her advice for our American athletes. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do. Well, okay, phony. If you're so worried about what the Chinese government might do to our athletes, why didn't you push your good friend Biden to pull the to pull our athletes from it, huh? First of all, you know the two of you probably can't remember what you talk about. Uh, you, you probably should use someone to record your conversations and then tell you later what you talked about and the fact that you talked to each other. But if you, d- d- you know, you were such a damn phony. It goes back to 2010. Do you know we won the Congress because every speech, not just me, but all of the Republican surrogates, every speech when I uh, uh, campaigned for somebody from, for, for Congress, whether it was in Wisconsin or in Nevada or California, I would end it by saying, if you vote for McCall, you're going to get a great congressman, but you get something else too. You're going to get... Nancy Pelosi off television on Sunday morning, and she will stop frightening your children. And they used to go crazy and laugh. And, and, and then when, you know, when they did the exit polls, Nancy Pelosi was the biggest issue in the 2010 election when we, I don't know, what did we take, 70 seats? But now she's back. This is like the horror movie where, you know, you kill the, you kill the monster, and then all of a sudden she comes up with a big hand out of the water. Rah! All new body parts. Rah! Obtained from a Los Angeles uh, special surgeon. Ah, don't make fun of the Chinese. You know the real reason she doesn't want you to do it? They may ask for her son's uh, money back. Mm-hmm. Her son and her husband. They do the uh, the Clinton-Biden dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, pay, pay to play. That's what they call it. Yeah, really. Very, we got really honest people in politics in the in the United States, don't we? Too many, and it isn't as many as you think. Do not do this. All politicians are crooked. Please don't do that. Any more than you do, all cops are brutal. All black people are criminals. All Italians are mafia. All Jewish people are this. All this, all this, all this, all this. If you have that problem, please go see a psychiatrist. And get yourself readjusted. Even, even the crime we're talking about, I would say the greatest genius on violent crime in terms of academics was James Q. Wilson. James Q. Wilson taught me 35 years ago that it's a small group of people that commit most of the violent crimes. And it will always be smaller than you realize. And every experience I had... And we'll, you know, during the course of the show, not today, but over the time, I'll give you those experiences, whether they were with Bernie Carrick or with, uh, or with Bratton or with Safer or with some of the commanders. It was always amazing how few really were causing such a problem. The career criminal issue is a very, very uh, common one. 
But now you hang on, and we'll be right back. And with common sense, you and I are going to get through these issues and come up with the solution. But we're going to use common sense. We're not going to be brainwashed. Talk Radio 77 WABC. And, uh, you know, I think I have to... uh, I have to bring it, bring this out because I think when you first take over a public office, you're entitled to a little leeway to get the job done. However, you're not entitled to it when your people are in a state of an emergency. And we are in a state of emergency. New York City is being inundated with crime. And this mayor who ran as a law and order candidate has just had his first month. And he has a 40% increase in crime over the prior mayor. Well, I mean, it can't happen again. This is a bad beginning. So I think maybe he's got to be shown that he's not going to be treated like special boy and special person, right? He's going to be treated like he's, uh, he's, he's like everybody else. He isn't special just because he's a Democrat. So let's, uh, let's go to this cut of him. Uh, giving a speech that for some reason you never heard during the campaign. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he one of the blacks in law enforcement. Why don't you play that again? Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable in the police department when he one of the blacks in law enforcement. You think he has a racial view of the world? What do you think? I don't know. Uh, but all of a sudden, I mean, we never heard him use a word like that uh, before. He's certainly a phony. And he obviously has a racial view of the world. You know, people, people can, um, people, a lot of people get in trouble who don't. All of a sudden, they say something they don't even realize. Oh, my God, I'm offending. I'm offending somebody. I don't know that that word, this or that, whatever. Well, you know, you feel sorry for them. You say, well, okay, I got it. I mean, lots of these words change on you over a period of time. That one doesn't. We know what that is. We know that word. And this thing was hidden all during the campaign so that you wouldn't find out that it, it at least there's a piece of evidence that suggests that he has a, a very, very, um, let's say, a, a real sensitivity to the difference between uh, white and black, and there's an anger to it. And I don't understand why this, these things aren't play, uh, played out and they're hidden. Now, this came out yesterday. Uh, don't, don't you think if uh, President Trump had said something like this, it wouldn't be out already. Don't you think if a Republican governor said something like this, it wouldn't be out already? There's too much crime going on in this city to give this guy a honeymoon. Too much crime. We don't have room for incompetence. We don't have room for a mayor that supposedly is going to fight crime, has been talking about it and thinking about it for a year, and after three weeks in office, slips and says he doesn't have a plan, he's got to develop one. What the hell was he doing for a year? 
He was, he was um, pontificating for a year, just talking. And then we don't have a mayor who thinks we're stupid. I'm going to reestablish the plain clothes like uh, they used to have. And I'm going to identify them as police officers. Well, well, wait, wait a second. You, <laughs> that's a contradiction. They're no longer plain clothes. The minute you identify them as police officers, the whole purpose is gone, genius detective. Hmm? Yeah, yeah. And what's going on in the subways? You, you, know, you know how easy it was to turn around subway crime? You just spend a little time with Comstat. You can figure that out. And do you spend time with Comstat? I do. I read it every week. That's why I know you set a record the first month in office for the most crime increase by any new mayor. So uh, I want to be on your side. Don't you get it? But more important than that, I want the people in my city saved. And if it means that you just fooled us, then better we know it. Um, you're not going after Bragg. You're hiding behind your police commissioner and going after Bragg and the widow. They all spoke up about Bragg one time or another. You can't say anything about it. And Bragg is putting your cops in grave jeopardy at being killed. You don't say anything. About it. And, you, and you are in favor of non-citizens voting. And we've got a lot of issues here. Okay? So we will be back Short with finally the final thoughts. Talk Radio 77 WABC. It gets you off the fact that you think you're doing well and everybody else is talking behind your back, but they're afraid to criticize you. And sometimes that happens in inside of an organization with a very powerful executive, but the press has always been there. To do that, well, the Democrats don't get that any longer. That's why they get out of control. And that's why they get as crooked as, as Biden was. So there's no way in a million years that another mayor wouldn't be covered, uh, particularly at a, in a situation where the morale of the police department is so important and all these issues are so important that it would, that would not have been covered that he had said that. <clears throat> Or that the first month in office was a disaster in terms of crime. That's what he ran on. It's, not, it's one thing if crime didn't go down the first month. It's another thing if it goes up 40 or 50 percent. Uh, China, we've got to really, really watch very, very carefully. We should have dropped out of the Olympics. We should have. No reason to give China all this extra attention they're going to get, extra money they're going to get from the Olympics and the opportunity to uh, and the opportunity to use it for public relations and the opportunity to use it to further uh, brainwash our our people so let's go to our people and see what they have to think because they usually have better observations than anybody let's go to uh, Jordan Rudy thanks for taking my call Not I got at all, Jordan questions. how are you today I'm doing well, despite the rain. Um, thank you. I have two questions, and I'm, I'm happy to hang up and listen to your response. Um, thank you, Jordan. First question is, is anyone talking about masks in terms of their role 
and contributing to crime. And I'm wondering what your personal opinion is on who, that. Who, talking and about, ma- I, I didn't get that. Ma- who? Masks. The wearing of masks. Oh, the wearing of masks and, and, what, and what the ultimate uh, situation is with masks. No, I'd be happy to give you Yeah, in terms of crime. And the second question is I'm on social media last week and debating someone, and she's probably insane, but her point was we're, we're still suffering from the repercussions of the Giuliani tenure when he disbanded transit police. And um, I did some research. I tried to. So I... I love it. In her place. I disbanded transit police? Rudy. Where did these people come from? Well, here's what happened with the transit police. This, this, I was even congratulated by the New York Times. What I did was something mayors for 50 years were, had, had not been able to accomplish. I merged together the just di- different elements of policing in New York so that the New York City Police Department became as much as possible a single unitary uh, division. And one of the most important things that I did was there used to be a separate transit police. And the transit police was run by uh, the by the by the Metropolitan uh, Transit Association, therefore not run by the city. So there was a heck of a lot of lack of coordination between the two. So let's say a guy did a stick up on the on the on the tracks, and then he does a stick up in a in a in a liquor store, and we got both sets of cops looking for him, bumping into each other, right? And uh, the sharing of information, as you could imagine, sometimes was excellent. But depending on personality, sometimes it was terrible. And there was always a feeling that the NYPD was the real place you wanted to be. And it was a bit of a disappointment if you were on the transit police. Now, don't get upset if you were on the transit police. My uncle, one of my uncles, took the test. Originally, he went into the transit police. He actually left then to go to the fire department because he was insulted. (laughs) So... I knew all this stuff about New York because I lived it. It was part of my life. It was part of my family. And I knew I needed 40,000 police officers. And I knew with Clinton's bill, and I can get to about 36, 37. But I knew I could grab 33,000 plus from transit and almost the same amount from from housing. So... Um, yes, we did. We did transit police. Oh, and that really ruined policing on the subway. No, policing on the subway became one of our most successful areas. Crime down eighty percent. Yes, eighty percent. For the first time in thirty years, people could safely ride the subways. Go read the newspapers at the time, and the letters to the editor starting in about 1996-97. And uh, we had the advantage also that Jack Maple, who was number two, number three to Bratton, his expertise was subway policing. And if you think about our Comstat system, it's almost built for the subway system. The Comstat system really works in a small police department really well. Because there you, 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 you almost know by instinct what has to be done. And then, therefore, the statistics fix your instinct. I'll give you an example. We used to make big mistake. We would put police officers in the subway car, 
And mayors would love to promise this when they ran for office because they didn't know what the hell was going on. They would say, we're going to put a policeman in every car, a policeman in every car. We're going to put a policeman in every car. Well, we would put a policeman in every car, and most of the crime was taking place on the platform. So the policeman would drive him, <laughs> going by in the cars, watching people getting beat up on the platform, waving. We just switched it by percentage. 75% of the crime takes place on the platform, put 75% of the cops on the platform. 25% of the crime takes place in the cars, put 25% of the cops in the cars. I mean, within three weeks, it went down 50% just with that little change alone. This is what you have to be able to do with CompStat, not the bull that Adams does. This is what it means that he was a cop. Does he know how to do these things? Does he understand what I'm talking about? Could he have a conversation with me at the level at which you could really reduce crime? I hope so, and it is possibly could. But he's not playing that, he's not playing that game right now. He's playing the political game right now. I mean, the first guy he should have knocked out of the box was, um, was, the D, was Alvin Bragg. Then there'd be no, no more Alvin Braggs. I mean, I, I would have seen Al, Alvin Bragg as a opportunity to show there's a new sheriff in town. I'd, I'd, show, I'd use it as an opportunity to show, hey, boys and girls out there committing all those crimes, ain't going to be that way no more. No, 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 no. The, this mayor here is going to find a way to put you in jail if you commit crimes. And uh, even, if they, even if the cops for a while are a little bit easy in the courts, and he's going to find a way to change it all. So you want to go mess around, go somewhere else. Or straighten your life out, huh? He didn't do anything like that. If anything, he's encouraged more crime because Bragg has taken the lead. Adams is the footnote. It's true. You look at the look at the funeral the other day. He had the least amount of applause of any of the officials that got up. This, he, he he may be wildly popular with the media, but. Um, People are smarter than the media, a lot smarter than the media. Let's go to uh, James in Brooklyn. Hi, Mr. Mayor. How are you? I'm good, James. How are you? Well, very well. Thank you, and thank you for having me on. Mr. Mayor, I know if you were the mayor, just on the point you were just making, you would bypass Bragg and say, listen, we're going to charge all these uh, criminals with federal charges instead of local charges. Why don't they do that? Because they don't have the, what's the right way to say this so I don't get thrown off the air? They don't have the courage to do it. They don't have the independence to do it. They're more worried about uh, politics and how is it going to look within the woke Democrat Party. Uh, everybody else all over the country is going in, in uh, Alvin's direction. I mean, Alvin represents the majority view in the Democrat Party. This is This is the view of 30-plus DAs put there by Soros' money. He's not saying anything different than than uh, Gascon in Los Angeles or Boudin in San Francisco or Krausner in Philadelphia. Too bad I have to know all these names, you know. Um, Kim Gardner. They all believe that, uh, you know, people should be no, no bail, no incarceration, Incarceration only, I guess, if you 
kill 14 people and promise to go out and do it again. But if you kill 14 people and say you're going to return for your hearing and you're not going to kill anybody anymore, the judge is going to let you out. I mean, I'm exaggerating the point, but I'm trying to make it. And uh, I think that's the problem that we're having. Seriously. So let's go to John in Staten Island. Hey, John. Uh, hey, Mayor. How are you? I'm good. All right. Well, uh, I was going to mention this is with the uh, Antifa, the uh, Black Lives Matter, socialists. All this stuff is the revolution happening here right now, which they've done in Russia and Venezuela and China. And, you know, there was a, a blowback at one time when the commies took over. Not to say this is a communist movement, but, it, you know, it could end up that way because basically all socialists love to have power at the end. Like when Bernie went to the uh, Soviet Union for his honeymoon. He doesn't like it, but he went there, but he liked it then. So I wouldn't trust Bernie for a dime. But the thing is, like Luenza and the movement in Poland knocked out the commies out of Poland first. And that was a big, big, big movement. And uh, we got to look at the way to go about it is peacefully and not to give in to the socialists and the guys. Find out who's 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 backing Antifa, who's backing BLM, who's backing. Find out that the scared of cats like Pelosi, the scared of China that can't stand up, or the IOC or the UN that can't stand up to protect our players from every country, and throw these guys out. But we got to do it peacefully. And uh, you know what? At one point or another, if you stand in front of a, an office, it's not it's not a violence. Except for the, for BLM and for you burn them down. But if we stand in front and ask these guys walking out of City Hall questions, why are we having people die? Why do we have poor girls from Puerto Rico that came here, bullet in the head? I mean, or stomach. But, well, all these people are getting well, shot. Well, why, the why does why does um, why does the mayor point out Bragg as being one of the good DAs yesterday? I mean, that's, it's one thing. It's one thing not to uh, cr- criticize him which is terrible. Of course he should criticize him because he's going to get, if he hasn't already, he's going to get people killed with the attitude that he has. But he actually went through the DAs and talked about all our good DAs, and he, he included Alvin Bragg. By the way, three others of those DAs agree with Alvin Bragg. It's not as if it's just Bragg. He, he happened to be, in some ways, Bragg did us a favor. He put it all down in writing. Although he's not the first one to do that. The uh, DA in... Los Angeles did that last year, Gascon. He did a 40-page treatise, which means we can count on the fact that nobody will read it because the press can't get past two pages. So, um, and he laid out all the exact same things. I mean, he laid out, um, we're going to not, not, we're not going to keep him in jail before a trial. We're, we're going to opt for keeping him out of prison as, as often as possible. So, the reality is he laid out the same thing, but somehow it didn't, get, it didn't get focused on as much as the way Bragg did it, maybe because it was New York, maybe because it was actually shorter, a little pithier, and better written from the point of view of either pro or anti-public public relations. But um, the, mayor's, the mayor's equivocating with Bragg is, until it ends, going to be a disaster for the city. It could mean the end. Those policies have to change. You're not going to reduce a city 
that's in the in the in the on the trajectory that's on right now by uh, not holding people in jail, by not giving them long sentences, and by being uh, worried about their sensitivities and silly uh, uh, ideas about about uh, how how to deal with how to how to deal with crime. You know, the more people, the more people we put in jail, the more crime we're going to have. Well, we're going to be back after the break with Rudy's final words, the mayor's final comments, and I'm looking forward to it. And thank you very much for your contribution to this show. It means a great deal. We'll be back shortly. This is Rudy Giuliani back with you again for the mayor's final thoughts, which is sponsored by the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. T2T.org. That's where you can make an $11 contribution per month that will be of great help to catastrophically injured veterans, both of the of the military service and of the uh, various police services, or people who have been uh, who have lost their lives and leave behind children to be uh, cared for. That's that's what Tunnel to Towers does. It's the first one very often on the scene to help them. So therefore, you can be proud of being part of it. So my final thoughts today are going to relate to the subject of crime and the complete uh, frustration that I have that we can't have a bipartisan approach to crime because there's no reason for it uh, not to be able to be done. Crime is not a political problem. Now, it has been used by both political parties uh, for advantage. And many things can be used for advantage, and some things are, and then they're dropped because it's insensitive or wrong or backfires or whatever. But beyond uh, politics, uh, this has enormous ramifications. I mean, if if you live in a place like um, the poor the poor sections of Chicago or Baltimore or Philadelphia, or we can go on and on where they had. Um, horrendous years for murder this year. Two of them set records for the most in their history. Or New York, where the crime, where the murder rate has gone up. Already it's gone up to the highest it's been in in 10 years. Now, it has brought down so low that it's going to take a while for it to get back. But it almost doesn't matter to the people who live here now because they don't remember the good old bad days and the good old good days. They just remember a city in which Basically, it was the safest large city in America. And all of a sudden now it's a city in which every day somebody's thrown on a track or somebody is beaten up or somebody is shot or some kid is shot with an errant bullet or somebody else, some other young kid is killed because apparently playing around with, with, with um, possibly playing around with the gangs too early. All of these things are going on. The mayor, in order to stop this, this is a relentless thing that's going on, and this time... It is politically organized. This is different than the 70s, 80s, and 90s. It had some political organization there. The weathermen, some of the others, were similar to the groups that are pushing it now. In fact, some of the groups that are pushing it now, it's the sons and the daughters of the people who did that, or they're being trained by these old Characters who've somehow gotten pardons 
from presidents like Clinton. So they're out in time to teach how to murder cops. This is what they dedicated themselves to. Don't make any mistake about this. Weather, the weathermen, the Black Panther Party, was dedicated to murdering police officers, black and white. Black Lives Matter announces its dedication to murdering police officers in several ways. Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon, means kill police officers. The way in which they're organized, the, the lack of any concern for other black people that were shot. A black police officer was shot here in the city horribly just the other day. One of the six police officers shot. Was there any concern for him from Black Lives Matter? Does his, is, is, it, is it Black Lives Matter with certain exceptions? Black Lives Matter, but not police officer black lives, not Republican black lives, not conservative black lives, not black lives of anyone who disagrees with you. How about not black lives, uh, they don't matter, uh, they can't get you publicity. How about we go further, can't get you money. I mean, anybody care about the 60 million missing in Black Lives Matter? Anyone care that Paris, Patrice Coors, who is an acknowledged, without any doubt, communist, is already following the pattern of being a dictator. She's already following the pattern of everybody shares equally except me. I, I go get three mansions. This, these are the reasons why over the centuries, uh, communism and uh, socialism, even if intended to cure a, a, a something wrong, turns out to be much worse than whatever was wrong. Because the principles in it, the guiding principles in it, are contrary to human nature. And if it plays along just for a short period of time, immediately human nature comes into contact with. You work very hard. Your neighbor doesn't work at all. At the end of the month, he gets as much money as you do. Well, this is Rudy Giuliani, and we have uh, to... <laughs> we got to take off, but you keep those thoughts in mind about communism. And we'll be back, you know, we'll be back next week to talk about this in much greater detail. And don't forget, Uncovering the Truth with Dr. Maria Ryan on Sunday. It'll be terrific. God bless you and God bless America.